0: Section 24 of The Three Commanders. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bruce McCready. The Three Commanders by William Henry Giles Kingston. Chapter 17. The tornado, exerting her steam powers to the utmost, was on her way back to Balaclava. On the 13th of November, the glass fell. The weather, Which had hitherto been calm and sunny began to change and there was every indication of a heavy gale the commander knew that his safest course would be to run back to constantinople but his orders were to proceed to balaclava without loss of time soon after sunset a heavy squall struck the ship followed by fitful gusts gradually increasing in strength while the hitherto calm sea was covered with foaming waves through which the tornado forced her way most of the officers were on deck for few felt inclined to turn in the lieutenant stood near the commander ready to carry out his orders while the midshipmen were collected in a group on the quarter-deck seems pretty likely to prove a heavy squall observed tom ye may caught a hurricane lad and you won't be far out observed jos green who overheard him may heaven have mercy on the unfortunate vessels caught by it outside the harbor the holding ground is none of the best during the remainder of the night the tornado stood on a bright lookout being kept for any vessels which might rather than trust to their anchors be endeavouring to haul off the land though none but the most powerful steamers or very well-handled vessels could hope to do so successfully with the fierce gale now blowing as morning broke the high cliffs of the crimean coast could be seen ahead while the masts of numerous vessels were distinguishable rolling from side to side or tossed wildly up and down amid the sheets of spray which flew off the troubled waters jack could trust to his engines and josh green who was thoroughly acquainted with the entrance to the Balaclava harbour undertook if necessary to carry in the ship though there was risk of running afoul of some of the numberless vessels brought up before it our orders are to go in and the despatches we carry may be of an importance observed jack the tornado accordingly stood on as she approached the fearful danger to which the ships at anchor were exposed became more and more evident over many of the smaller vessels the sea was making a clean breach sweeping their decks aft and fore several of the larger ones were dragging their anchors and three or four vessels had already broken away from them and were driving rapidly towards the threatening rocks which frowned under the lee steamers were endeavoring to get up their steam but too many had been caught unawares and before they could get their engines to work might be driving helplessly towards the cliffs such was the spectacle which presented itself when the tornado was still at some distance off as she drew near it was seen that matters were even worse than anticipated there are three vessels on shore already cried higson who had been looking through his glass their masts are gone but i can make out their hulls with the sea breaking over them and flying high up the cliffs and there goes another large craft a screw from her appearance had she got up her steam in time she might have worked off the shore but as is no power can save her as he spoke the vessel at which he pointed was seen by those who had their glasses at their eyes to strike an outer reef the next instant Her hull was scarcely visible from the mass of foaming breakers which dashed furiously over her, and ere another minute had passed, she looked as if utterly torn to pieces, her vast hull rapidly melting away, until scarcely a single dark spot remained to show where her stout timbers had lately been. "'Can any of the poor fellows have escaped?' asked Tom. "'Not one.' answered green and from the size of the ship her crew must have numbered upwards of a hundred it's only to be hoped that her passengers had landed she was i suspect a large screw we saw pass through the straits a few days ago with troops and stores there must be a fearful loss of life Jack was consulting with Higson as to the best means of rendering assistance to the vessels most in peril. Several had signals of distress flying. He was steering towards one of the nearest, over which the sea was breaking, with extreme violence. It would be impossible to run alongside her, but ropes might hove on board as the tornado passed within a comparatively safe distance. Jack stood on intent on his mission of mercy but when his ship was scarcely three cables length from the hapless vessel a heavy sea with a prodigious crest went hissing towards her just as a previous one of less height passing on had lifted her stern the mass of water rolled onwards for an instant her masts could be seen inclining forward but her bows never again rose and the foaming waves leaped wildly over the spot where she had been not a human being could be discovered to whom a rope or life-boy might have been thrown the latter indeed would have been useless for even had a struggling swimmer clung to it he must ultimately have been driven towards the cruel rocks on which the sea was fiercely beating but another sight still more fearful was to be witnessed a turkish line of battleship lay some way out pitching heavily into the seas suddenly her cables parted her vast bulk availed her not the savage seas caught her on the broadside an attempt might have been made to cut away her mast but long before the task could be accomplished she heeled over till the water rushed in through her lee ports she's gone she's gone no power can save her exclaimed higgins she never rose again on an even keel for a few minutes her dark hull could be seen the waves dashing over it it sank lower and lower again her masts rose suddenly but already the foaming waters were above her bulwarks and ere another minute had passed her mastheads had disappeared beneath the surface Many a stout heart on board the tornado uttered a cry of grief as they saw the catastrophe. Long before they could reach the spot, the strongest swimmers of her crew must have perished. Not a human being could be discovered amid the tumbling seas. Jack was unwilling to run into port while he could hope to render assistance to any of his fellow creatures several vessels had signals of distress flying and others could be seen in the distance either driving towards the shore or pitching so heavily into the seas that it was evident that they were in the greatest possible danger of going down jack had been looking at one some way off along the coast when his attention was directed to another vessel to the northward when he next turned his head the first had disappeared suddenly in those few short moments she must have gone down with all on board they had now to decide whether they would run into the harbour or keep the sea green urged that they should not venture near the coast for should anything go wrong in the machinery the tornado must inevitably be driven on shore the difficulty of entering the harbour was increased in consequence of several vessels some of which had brought up off it others having been drifted in that direction the tornado's head was accordingly brought around during a lull and with top-gallant masts on deck and yards pointed to the wind she stood offshore. we came round not a minute too soon observed green as he watched the progress the ship was making we are going ahead in scarcely half a knot an hour another vessel still lay a considerable way out on the port bow she'll not keep afloat many minutes longer observed higson who had been watching her, unless she parts from her anchors, and then it'll only be to get out of the frying pan into the fire. "'We might reach her, and should she appear likely to go down, we might get the crew out of her,' observed Jack. "'It will be no easy matter, but it may be done,' answered Higson. "'We'll try it,' cried Jack, giving directions to Green, who was standing by the men at the helm to edge the ship off towards the transport." as they approached her they saw that they were arriving not a moment too soon already the seas were sweeping over her deck and it seemed that each plunge she made would be her last jack determined to steer up on her starboard side picked hands were stationed in the rigging and in every spot whence ropes could be hove on board to assist the crew in escaping they could scarcely hope to save all but some by activity might avail themselves of the assistance offered them. The chief danger in the undertaking was that the sides of the vessels might strike each other, or that the rigging might get foul. To guard against this, as much as possible, the lower and topsail braces were manned, ready to brace round smartly in the event of her yards fouling those of the other vessel, and men were stationed with axes and tomahawks to cut the ropes. The tornado stood on until she was nearly astern of the vessel she was about to assist. The faces of the crew could be seen as they turned their eyes towards the coming succor While they clung on to the rigging and bulwarks of their ship, ready to seize the ropes hove to them, the danger to the tornado was very great, for should the cable of the vessel ahead give away at that critical moment she might be hurled against her bows when in all probability both vessels would go down together the tornado's progress in the teeth of the gale was very slow and the fear was that the vessel ahead would go down before she could reach her on the other hand when once she got alongside more time would be allowed to the crew to leap on board at length, the tornado's bows were up to the transport's quarter, but not till she was completely alongside, and both vessels could rise and fall on the same seas, could any attempt be made to rescue the crew. "'Don't heave a rope until I order you, and take care that the men are secure before you haul in,' cried Jack. More than another minute passed. Green, who was with two hands to assist him, was at the helm, skillfully brought her alongside. "'Now heave!' cried jack and twenty ropes or more were hove with good will on board the sinking vessel most of them were eagerly seized by the almost despairing crew some fastened them around their waists others grasping tightly attempted to leap onto the tornado's bulwarks some succeeded and were seized by the hands of those on board others missed their footing and with shrieks of despair letting go their hold dropped into the intervening space Many still remained on board, more ropes were hove to them. Of these, several were officers, warned by the fate of those who had failed to leap on board the Tornado. Each of them, as he caught a rope, secured it around his waist, some springing into the main, others into the mizzen rigging, thus attaining a greater height. Among them, Jack observed one who wore a naval uniform, though he had as yet been unable to distinguish his features. The risk the tornado was running of falling on board the vessel was very great, and Jack was about reluctantly to give the order to shear off from her when he saw the remainder of those on deck prepared to make the desperate leap which would either terminate in their destruction or place them in comparative safety. Just at that moment, as his eyes fixed on the naval officer, he recognized Murray i must save him at all events was the thought which passed through his mind murray had grasped the rope which he was fastening around his waist he sprang into the main rigging of the ship and stood waiting for a favourable opportunity to take the desperate leap Jack pointed him out to Higson, who, securing himself in the same manner, sprang up to the hammock nettings and, stretching out his hand, stood ready to grasp him. In another instant, the two vessels must either be separated or be hurled against each other. Murray stood calmly, holding on to the rigging by one hand, while, with keen eye, he watched the movements of the tornado. Now her side rolled away from him, now it again approached, and seemed to be sinking far lower down than the level on which he stood it was the moment for which he had waited letting go his hold he sprang with outstretched arms towards the tornado the crew held his rope hauling it in higson grasped his hand at the same moment that his feet touched the hammock netting of the tornado which the next was separated several feet from the vessel he had quitted Those who had hitherto hesitated to leap now sprang overboard and were dragged up the side of the tornado by her crew. The master and one of his mates were thus saved, but nearly half a dozen people still remained on board. Jack had barely time to shake Alack by the hand, but not a moment to inquire how he happened to be on board. Jack's wish was, if possible, to save the poor fellow still clinging to the singing vessels. We may do it, said higson but we'll run a fearful risk already of losing the ship we'll try it cried jack she's sinking she's sinking shouted several voices such indeed was the case a heavy sea came rolling up which even the tornado with difficulty breasted while it ran clear over the other vessel lying at anchor for some moments it seemed doubtful whether she would rise but another sea came hissing on into her which her bows plunged not again to appear those on deck must have been washed far away, for no human power could have withstood the furious sea which assailed them. Ere another minute had passed, the masts of the ill fated vessel had disappeared beneath the foaming ocean. The tornado's best chance of safety was now to stand out to sea, and to battle bravely with the storm while it should last. Still, while there was a possibility of rendering assistance to others in distress, Jack was unwilling to go to a distance some way off was another vessel with signals of distress flying he ordered green to keep away for her intending to try and get the people off if there was a risk of her foundering as he had done from the first vessel the sound of a gun from her as if to show her urgent necessity for help another and another followed we're doing our best muttered higson though it's a little good i fear we could do you the sound of the last gun had just reached their ears when the vessel from which it came was seen to be moving. Her cable had parted. Away she drove before the fierce gale. Her crew were seen attempting to range another cable. The sea caught her starboard now, and she drove bodily onwards towards the rocky shore on which the fierce breakers were raging savagely. To attempt getting nearer, would have been worse than useless, for Jack saw that should he try to do so, he might involve his ship in her fate. Though many others had signals of distress flying, Jack knew well that he could render them no effectual assistance, and therefore once more put the tornado's head offshore. He now, for the first time, had leisure to inquire from Murray how he happened to be on board the vessel which had gone down. Murray briefly told him that he had been sent by the admiral, who had steamed on to Katchka, with dispatches on board the Turkish flagship, with directions afterwards to visit several other vessels, and then to run into Balaklava he had been detained on board the turkish ship longer than he expected and his boat being nearly swamped before he had finished his mission he had gone alongside the nearest vessel intending to remain on board till the morning his boat had been lost before she could be hoisted up and the gale having so rapidly increased he had been prevented leaving in one of her boats three of his people had unhappily been lost but the remainder succeeded in reaching the tornado i am indeed thankful that we came to you in time said jack though i little expected when i determined to run down to the assistance of that vessel that i should be the means of saving your life not the first time that we have helped each other and i am very sure that it will not be the last if either of us require help and have the opportunity of rendering it answered murray I expect soon to be appointed to the command of a ship, as the Admiral has offered me the first vacancy, which Hemming advises me to accept, as the smaller craft will in future have more to do with the line of battleships. As may be supposed, there was but little time for conversation. Jack still wished, if possible, to try and render assistance to some of the many vessels at anchor off the coast. But both Higson and Green strongly expressed their opinion that the attempt to do so would endanger the ship, and Murray, concurring with them, he was compelled to abandon his intention. The tornado proved herself to be a first-rate sea boat. Indeed, had she not been so, she would have shared the fate of so many other vessels during that fearful gale. By keeping her head to the southward, she was able in short time gradually to draw offshore, for the greater part of the night the gale blew with unabated fury towards morning however the wind began to abate soon after daylight the ship's head was brought round and she stood back towards balaclava a melancholy spectacle was presented to those on board as she neared the harbour the whole coast as far as the eye could reach was strewn with masses of wreck While the entrance was nearly blocked up with shattered spars and pieces of timber, while numerous dead bodies floated about or had been thrown by the foaming surges on the rocks on either hand, the tornado, having not without difficulty made her way in, brought up, and Jack immediately sent his dispatches on shore. The vessels in the harbor had not escaped brought up close together they had been driven in one mass toward the head of the harbor directly down upon the line of battleship at anchor carrying her upwards of a hundred yards when she grounded by the stern while few had escaped without more or less damage the gale considerably abated towards noon when Jack received orders to run down the coast to try and bring off any of the crews which might have escaped from the wrecked ships. Accordingly, he immediately got up steam and put to sea. A number of boats were already engaged in the humane object, but few of the people belonging to the vessels which had been wrecked in the immediate neighborhood of Balaclava had escaped. Farther down the coast, however, two or three ships were seen on shore, from which it was possible the crews might have landed in safety. Jack kept in as close as he could venture, steering for the first wreck he saw. She lay with her masts gone broadside to the sea, which was sweeping fiercely over her. Not a human being was seen near the wreck. "'Not a man, I fear, could have escaped,' said Jack, as he surveyed the coast with glass. "'And yet, from the position of the vessel, I cannot help thinking that they might have made their way to the shore. "'See?' Near yonder wreck farther south, a good number of people appear to be collected. The tornado was accordingly steered in that direction, Jack pointed. Higson had been watching the group through his telescope. They appear to be expecting an attack, he observed. There are 50 or more of them, and they are standing to their arms. Their ship is evidently a large transport, and from her position, I should judge that they managed to land without much difficulty and would carry their muskets and ammunition with them. Directly afterwards, a forest of lances was seen above the hill, and a band of Cossacks came galloping towards the wreck. Jack immediately ordered the port gun to be brought to bear on the advancing horsemen, who seemed not to be aware that they could be reached from that distance, and went on, making sure of being able to capture the whole shipwrecked wrecked crew. On seeing the latter were armed, they leveled their lances and were bearing down upon them, when Jack gave the word to fire. The first shot struck the horse of the leader, which came down, rolling over him. It seemed as if both rider and Steed were killed. The next shot pitched into the midst of the ranks, emptying at least a couple of saddles. The third shot did still more damage, when the Cossacks, not knowing how many more might be coming, wheeled quickly around and galloped off into the interior. The crew of the transport, meantime, fired a volley at which though at a considerable distance brought two or three to the ground as soon as he came abreast the wreck jack sent three of his boats on shore to bring off the crew murray volunteered to take command of them as he neared the beach he saw the cossacks still hovering in the distance out of reach of the guns but threatening to pounce down again probably still in the hopes of making some prisoners the tornado accordingly stood in as close as she could venture to cover the boats which soon reached the beach the transport's crew stood ready to receive them scarcely however had they begun to embark than the cossacks once more came galloping up murray immediately ordered those still remaining on shore to face about while just as the cossacks reached the high ground above the beach a couple of shells thrown from the tornado's guns burst amid the ranks when once more wheeling about they galloped off at a rapid rate leaving the rest of the crew to embark without molestation having carried them on board murray returned for the purpose of destroying the transport that her stores might not fall into the hands of the enemy he had for this purpose to pull round in shore it was not without some difficulty that he higson and needham made their way on board such combustible materials as could be found were soon collected and lighted in the hold of the transport the boat then at once pulled away for the tornado she had got to some little distance from the ship when the cossacks were again seen coming down towards the shore this time accompanied by a couple of field pieces which quickly opened fire the first shot however fell short and the party were soon safe on board the tornado as the tornado steamed off the cossacks were seen again coming forward in the hopes possibly of still being able to plunder the wreck just then however the flames burst furiously forth from every part of the wreck and in another minute a loud roar was heard and a portion of her deck rose high in the air, while her sides, rent and shattered, flew out in every direction. And as the smoke from the explosion cleared away, a few burnt timbers of the wreck alone remained, while the Cossacks, disappointed of their booty, were seen galloping off in the distance. The scanty remnant of another ship crew having been saved by the tornado, she steamed back to Balaclava. During that fearful storm, no less than forty vessels with upwards of four hundred men had been lost one turkish line of battleship and several transports had gone down with all hands the french lost one of their finest line of battleships and a corvette with nearly twenty smaller craft the most severe loss was that of the prince with a crew of a hundred and fifty men she had arrived two days before with troops who had providentially landed But the army was doomed to suffer terribly from the loss of her cargo, consisting of warm clothing, ammunition, medicine, and supplies of all kinds. A few ships being left to watch Sebastopol, the remainder of the fleet and all of the transports were sent back to Bosphorus, and soon afterwards Admiral Duntas having struck his flag, Sir Edmund Lyons became the commander in chief. twenty four